0: Welcome to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity, where we in <coughs> where we interview individuals who have broken into the cybersecurity field within the past five years, share their journey, share their tips and tricks, so that others looking to follow in their journey can uh, use that for their environment. If you are following us on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as the notification button down below. That way you get notified if you are following us on podcasts, share that podcast with anyone that's interested. And for those of you on LinkedIn, continue to follow us every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern live and engage with the conversation. Okay, so today we have Julian Richards, who uh, interestingly comes from being a scripter uh, back I won't say how old he is, he's 25, um, but (laughs) started as a scripter and then now he's a pen tester and he has a really uh, interesting journey and so I wanted to take the time to go through, have a chat with Julian and uh, see what sort of tips and tricks we can get for you guys and girls. (laughs) Uh, Julian, you you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is Julian. I'm uh, here in Atlantic
1: Canada. Uh, My time zone does not exist in the U.S., so that's a little bit of an interesting tidbit. Um, I'm east of Maine, basically. Uh, So, yeah, when we talk about scripting, we talk about uh, Cold Fusion back in 1998, way back when. Um, So that's why I call myself a scripter because Cold Fusion at the time was it was not development. Um, So yeah, so I've been uh, in the IT industry for 25 years or so, and uh, always been interested in security. So um, here's. Really happy for Chris to invite me over to his uh to his podcast. And one thing I just want to mention is if you hear snoring, I've got a big dog behind me.
0: It's not me, it's the dog. Funny thing is, just as you said that, I heard my dog behind me <laughs> snore as well. And hopefully the noise canceling takes it all that out. But hopefully. um let, let let's talk about your, your call fusion days. What got you interested um, um, in, in scripting? So um I grew up in
1: a household where we always had a computer, um, you know, when when that was not normal. Uh, no internet at the time or anything like that. And I was always interested in computers. So I was either going to be uh, working in the environmental field or working in computers. And computers to me was more interesting. Uh, I went to community college. I didn't go to college. I went to community college, uh, took a, a two-year kind of uh, development course and my first job I landed was building small little web apps uh like I said back in 98 using ColdFusion um
0: so it was kind of a, the first first job out of college right nice nice so what do you do what did you do to prepare for Y2K? I mean, that that was like the worst thing out back then, right?
1: (laughs) You know what? I wasn't wasn't experienced enough to really uh, get into the the Y2K stuff. uh, But I remember a lot of people behind me uh, or or around me saying like, you could make so much money with the Y2K stuff. You know, you're going to be a millionaire. And I I never even touched anything. I remember uh, just waking up on January 1st, looking at the clock and going like, hey, the world didn't fall apart. That's awesome. You did a good job.
0: So let's uh, continue along in your journey. Where'd you go from Scripter?
1: Um, so I got pretty bored with developer development, mostly
0: because I wasn't good at it. And
1: uh, <laughs> um, I, um, you know, I, I got into networking after after a couple of years, uh, mostly because I wanted to play games with my buddies, right? And we didn't have the internet to play games over. So we would, uh, you know, just network a bunch of computers together. and And that was interesting to me. And that really caught my attention. So uh, being focused on that, I started looking for some networking jobs, and I ended up uh, working as a network admin. I mean, in small companies, if if you're the IT guy, you're the IT guy, you're not just doing networking, right? So you're doing IT, you're doing system admin, you're you're touching a little bit of everything, Uh, you Mm -hmm. know, managing some mail servers, some DNS servers, stuff like that. So what I didn't know at the time was I was building all those blocks that I needed the be security because i was touching a lot of different systems i was touching a lot of different technology um so it was i at the time i didn't know what i was actually doing exactly what i needed to do to, to do what i do
0: today <laughs> yeah and so you you got experience to all these different areas and how did that change like what what got you interested in cybersecurity? and how, how did you get from doing a network admin over to coming in um, and growing to become a pen tester? Because I I know that's the, the route everyone wants. How do I get to become a pen tester?
1: Yeah. So um if we go back even even before my first job, um, you know, we're playing around in 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 uh, in IRC channels or during that time around 96, 98, you know, the internet was coming into play, um, playing in the IRC channels and and just chatting with people and seeing all the the wars that were going on between all these hackers and rooms and you know, all that scene. I was way too afraid of authority to actually do any of that stuff. So I always <laughs> had it in the back of my mind. You know, I, I remember reading all the readmes and learning all the how to do these things. But at the time, there's no safe legal places to actually uh, test your chops, right? Um, I, I didn't have the skills to build my own lab, you know, virtual machines that didn't exist at the time, didn't have the skills <laughs> or money. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind. So anytime I was working on systems, I knew how people would be able to subvert all these controls that we have in place.
0: Uh, So security was always in the back of my mind. Interesting. And so walk us through your, your career progression. Um, And we we could talk about the ski patrol in a bit. (laughs) Sure. Sure. so yeah, from, from system
1: men, network men, you know, I, I've done, I've worked at a whole bunch of different companies trying to find my spot. And I, I just had a hard time finding that spot until I started working for a company that did a lot of financial, um, transactions mm-hmm. and, um, It was right at the time when PCI started to be really on everybody's radar. And uh, of course, doing financial transactions, PCI became something that was extremely important. So with a mindset in security, of course, you know, I volunteered to help out with the PCI DSS um, uh, stuff. And lo and behold, one part of PCI DSS is pen testing. So here I am remembering all these cool hacking tricks that I learned in the past and all this stuff and, and being able to actually apply it in a live environment and make money doing it. Of yeah. course, I volunteered to do that. <laughs> and, and having that 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 knowledge already and that interest, uh, we somehow uh, convinced the PCI auditor that I was an external person. I wasn't really, I was a third party doing the pen test. but um, So that was my first real taste of it i listen i i think back about probably all the things that i missed <laughs> and you know that report there, there there was nothing in it i didn't i couldn't find anything you know but it was my first real you know, running scans and looking at mm-hmm. stuff and looking at services so that really picked my uh um, th- that that really made me happy and and from there you know it was it was a passion um, it wasn't work it was
0: it was fun. And, uh, how, how did you grow your skills i mean the 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 difference in technology from 1998 to even 2015 is dramatic, okay. and then 2015 on, like it, it even it, it goes so fast. Like, how do you keep up? How do you learn new skills? What do you do for that?
1: So that's the beauty of today, where we have all these spaces that we can play in. Now we have these free resources online or or, or in, inexpensive uh, sources that you can use. I mean, we all we all know those places. Uh, I'm I'm not going to name them here. But if if you want if if you want to follow cybersecurity and and and. Uh, Anybody can contact me and we, we can chat about these things more in, in specifics. But there's a lot of legal, safe places to go out online and test stuff. Uh, I'm always reading books. I'm always watching webinars. I'm always playing CTFs all over the place. Um, it, it's something that, you know, I work 40, 50 hours a week, sometimes more. And on the weekends, I'll just play around with some new techniques. Uh, so I'm always learning. And it's something, you know, it, it's not because I need to. It's because it's what it's interesting to me. Like, I'd rather do that than watch
0: TV sometimes. Though I do watch TV also. <laughs> so um, is there a specific area that you specialize in? Because I know everyone always asks me, like, I want to get in cyber. I want to get in pen testing. And I go, Where? Like, do you want to do networks? Do you want to do web apps? Do you want to do infrastructure? Do you want to do cloud? Like all these different domains, like do you have a specialization or are you more of a generalist?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm quite the generalist uh, simply because after doing that PCI gig uh, with that company, uh, I ended up uh, getting into consulting. And in consulting, you, you 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 take whatever the salespeople can sell, right? So they, they'll throw anything at you. I've tested everything from, you know, a small mom and pop shop with about five computers to police tasers to uh, laptops and police cars to you know uh, a set of pos devices across canada uh national stores and testing their pos devices so um, you get to touch a little bit of everything and you need to kind of become a generalist a lot of times i'll see what's coming up uh or as when i was a consultant i would see the projects that are coming up and i would kind of focus my Uh, weekend studies and books that I was reading or whatever else on on the technology that I was going to be testing. Now, Mm -hmm. one great story. At one point, I was playing a little CTF and one of the programs that I was testing, um, I noticed that it was going to be my pen test for the next week. So I was actually testing the actual web application, doing a CTF on that web application that the next week's pen test was going to be on uh, within 6 hours you know I was in
0: <laughs> cuz I knew exactly where the bugs were <laughs> Nice nice yeah. I, and so for for those coming in like um I know bug, bug bounties and things like that weren't available um, back in the day is, is that something that you do for fun or you do it all or do you recommend folks uh, start out there like what are your thoughts for those coming behind you
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, that's a good question, right? Because everybody's path is completely different. Um, I haven't dabbled in, in a lot of bug bounty, uh, sorry, in a a lot of bug bounty projects. Um, I, basically because I was a consultant and you know, people that hire you to do pen testing or even these bug bounty projects, uh, they're, they're so far along in their security that you're not going to find those fun, juicy, uh, big bugs, right? They've already been caught. Uh, because most of the time when you run a bug bounty project, you you do have an internal pen test, um, the company will actually go in and do an external pen test and then they open it up to the bug bounty to catch all the rest of the stuff. so it's 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 harder to to find those fun bugs. Uh, and as no. a consultant, yeah, as a consultant, I was doing a lot of that. so you you get shut down quite a bit and it, it kind of hits your ego, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. if when you go in and you, you have a, a known vulnerable machine that you can attack on the weekends to play around with, then you can actually run those exploits and you can find those things. Um, so for me, uh, you know, now that I'm doing a lot less consulting, bug bounty projects are, are starting
0: to become interesting to me again. Um, Let's talk about the dark side. Of um, doing pen testing, the reporting. What um, <laughs> we're <laughs> I, I don't I think I hate to overshadow it, but it, it's not covered a lot. Like no. people don't talk about the amount of paperwork that you have to generate mm-hmm. um, after one of those tests. Um, how, how much do you generate on average, like for any given project?
1: It's um, just a, a pretty normal pen test. Now, now one thing to consider is that, yeah, the report is pretty long. It's going to be 30 to 50 pages, let's say. Uh, a lot of that get starts to get pretty cookie cutter up to a certain point because the methodology mm-hmm. is always the same. And of course, the company or the auditors want to see that you're following actual methodologies. So, you know, that's three, four pages right there. Uh, your conclusion, it, you kind of use the same wording around it and everything else. So the the, the 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 template is there, but yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. It, it, it actually is. Uh, there are some great projects out there to automate some of it, um, but at the end of the day, you still have to get your hands on the keyboard and actually write stuff. And uh, it's it's funny you say that because uh, I have a presentation that I give, and and one of the one of the uh, the slides is the report, and the first thing on the slide says the dreaded question: When is the report coming in? Right?
0: <laughs> You've done all the fun stuff at that point, and <laughs> like. The the other side of that is you have a report, you have potentially a a CISO or a CEO that's looking to read this. How do you drill down maybe the 50 things that you found into like the three or four things that they really need to work on? Because those are like the big, the big juicy parts and then like prioritize the rest.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's three people that are going to be reading your report, right? Like you said, the CISO. You have an executive summary. You are saying, you know, we found six criticals. Well, now probably not six critical at this point, but two, two, three criticals, a couple of highs, and then 14 lows, right? A uh, uh, severity issues. Um, most of the time, I'll say, um, you know, I was able to exploit some of these criticals because because some of the critical stuff that you found on there. Um, I only have five to ten days on a pen test, so I might not be able to 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 have all the time that a black hat hacker might have. So, uh, I'm I'm really going to focus on the stuff that I was able to exploit. I'm not going to ignore the stuff that I wasn't able to exploit, but I'm going to really focus on the stuff that i I was able to exploit and show the impact in a business language, right? Not saying you know I was able to uh, change your uh, your algorithm on your on your on your JSON web token. CISO doesn't care. You know, I was able to log into your application without a username or password. Boom. You know, that's bad. He knows it's bad. And he or she knows it's bad. Um, So you really show the impact, right? Mm -hmm. This is um, uh, people can get to your confidential information. People can get to the private information that's stored in your systems. Um, so that, that's a bit how you you talk to the CISO. Now, the other people that are going to be reading it is the managers. They want to know they they want to know how much time is it going to take to fix all of this. And then, you know, you you give them a list, a high level list of all the findings, and then you got to drill down into the actual details because the people that are going to be fixing it want to know step
0: by step what you were able to do. Um, so you need to cater that report to all those people. And and then as you think about the impact. How do you consider things like uh, compensating controls within the environment uh, to to really differentiate like, yeah, this is a really high vulnerability for a CVE rating. But because your environment did all these things, it breaks down to a medium considering all your compensating controls. Do you go into that level uh, to really drill it down for them?
1: Sure. I mean, that's the difference. That's a little bit of a difference between a pen test and a red team engagement. A pen test, a lot of times I'll ask them, hey, listen, I want to test your web app. I don't want to test your WAF. I want to test your web app. So I'll find, um, you know, critical findings inside of the web app and then say, okay, turn on the WAF. The WAF is a compensated control and I can't do anything with what I've found internally. So you got to frame it in that sense. Um, but at the same time, we all know that there are always some bypasses for that WAF, there are ways to bypass that WAF. So you want to know if there's a vulnerability inside of the web application itself. Um, so yeah, controls are important, you got to frame that into it. But one of the, one of the um, disclaimers that I put in is that, listen, I'm, I'm looking at only technology, I'm not looking at people, I'm not looking at your processes, I'm not looking at your procedures, I'm looking only at your technology. So most of the time, when I was a consultant, I would try to, you know, upsell a risk assessment or something like that to look at policies in people.
0: <laughs> and people. I, I, I don't want to use the word
1: upsell because honestly, it, it is something that's important, right? You, you 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 can't only look at tech. You can you need to look at policy and people also.
0: Absolutely, I I I say like I summarize my career as I'm I'm the translator between people and process with a fu- fundamental understanding of the tech. And I bring someone like you in to like help translate the tech and i help talk to the business. But um, you you mentioned something that people are often confused, the difference between a pen test and a red team engagement. Um, What's your definition of that?
1: So for me, a red team engagement is really you're you're testing the uh, defense mechanism of the company. So you go in, nobody knows you're coming in and uh, you're trying to not to get caught. And you're trying to show that, hey, somebody can actually go in and get to your crown jewels, whether it's health information, financial information, you know, uh, intellectual property. but you know what the crown jewels are. You know what you're going after, and you try to get there in any way possible without getting caught. To me, that's a red team engagement. A uh, pen test is looking for vulnerabilities inside of your system and looking to see if you can exploit it. So I'm not I'm not trying to be quiet. You know I'm going to be running that scan as fast as I can because I only have a few days, and and I don't care if you catch me or not. Though a lot of times I'll go see the the I'll go see the blue team, which is the uh, the defensive defense people, and say, "Did you see me?" Because if you didn't see me, then you have a problem. You know, <laughs> I was not trying to be quiet at all.
0: <laughs> and, that, that, and, and that's interesting that you mentioned him.
1: Uh, uh, so a pentest engagement, you'll have a list of all the vulnerabilities and and see how far you can get. With a red team engagement, you're focusing in on one thing. And there might be 20 ways to get there. You're not showing mm-hmm. how to get there during those 20 ways. You're just trying to show, I can't get there.
0: Okay. Uh, that, that's that, well, you, you, you mentioned an interesting thing there um, with talking to the blue team and making sure that they see you. Um, Purple team engagements are now becoming the new the new in thing because it's it's one thing to say yeah I broke in and hand over the report to someone else and they go okay well what do I do with this like I don't know how to tune it I I don't know how to see you like but now sitting down with them and going okay this is what I'm doing if you don't see this try this turn this on uh, configure the script that way you can work together and and truly um, help the organization mature from a a security perspective rather than going, Oh, here are the 10 things that you're vulnerable on. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, Though um,
1: it need, you need to have somebody that, that is uh, very knowledgeable in the defense side of things also to be able to do that. Some approaches that I've seen, which I like is I'll take notes and say, okay, at the, 9 PM on Monday morning, I started my Nmap scan. Uh, it went on until, uh, 9 20 so that I can give that log to the people. And then they go can go and see in their tools if they actually saw what I was doing. Uh, I like that approach. Um, but yeah, like I said, most, most companies that actually have the money to pay for somebody to come in and do a pen test engagement, they probably have enough money invested in their security that, um, they have people there that can sit down with you and understand what's going on. So you, you either need a, an attacker that knows defense or a defense person inside of the company that, that sees and understands what you're doing and, and
0: understanding what
1: they're trying to see. Um,
0: it's I, I like the approach. I like it a lot. Okay. Um, let's talk about like some of your career progression. I mean, really going from a developer and then consulting, um, how, how did you figure out that you wanted to really specialize in pen testing? Was it just that first PCI assessment that was like, this is where my heart is? Or um, after trying a little bit of everything, uh, you decided to focus on pen testing?
1: Yeah, it it took me a while to find it. uh, But I think I I knew at the back of my mind that that's really something that I wanted to do, but uh, didn't really understand how to get there. Um, like I said, you know, being a kid looking in IRC channel and seeing all these people that, that were doing all these cool things, you know, crashing other people's servers and taking over stuff and whatnot, like that, that was cool to me. Uh, but I, I never saw a path, uh, to it. And, and when it showed up, it's almost like, you know, Moses at the Red Sea. It's like, wow, now I see how I can get here. Uh, that, that was more of the effect that it had on me. Um. And I like how you say developer because I'm going to say developer again. Like I, <laughs> I, I will never put that as something that I was. Uh, so yeah, like, so again, like I said, there are some legal places today to practice those skills and you can build a lab pretty cheaply now and a and,
0: uh, lot of resources. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned like the 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 C. Parted like how is that regarding like applying for roles in Canada? We 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 don't get too many uh, Canadian guests, but we just happened to have uh, Gabriella B uh, last week that actually came from France to Canada for her role um, and shared her story of an actress to a pen test as well. Um, So what's the Canadian job market like? I mean, if you've worked at a consultant that probably has um, U.S. Businesses, like how do you see the job market being potentially different in Canada? Uh,
1: I, I think it's getting pretty uh, homogenous around everywhere where you go now. Like, I, you know, I, I I try to keep my hand, my eyes on the industry and, and what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of roles available for cybersecurity people, and there's a lot of people applying for jobs, yet. The roles are not getting filled, and people are still looking for jobs in cybersecurity. So I, I think if, if you follow a little bit on uh, cybersecurity on LinkedIn, you'll see that there's a lot of talk around that. Um, around here, there's definitely a lot of people looking for good pen testers. Um, me personally, uh, I was lucky, um, and you know we we say hard work, perseverance, uh, you know, knowledge, all these things, but you have to have a little bit of luck also uh ended up meeting the right person uh that person offered me a role right away with very little pen testing experience I don't know if they were desperate or what but um but I got in there and and showed what I could do right um to Mm -hmm. me it's my first engagement was amazing uh discovered a whole lot of stuff I I actually knew what I was what I was doing as opposed to attacking that PCI system at the time and mm-hmm. uh, I just grew from there, you know. Uh, a couple months later, I had my OSCP. Uh, started looking as a consultant, of course. Uh, certs are king, right? So uh, mm-hmm. just added a whole bunch of cur- of, of, um, of certs and ended up. You know, there's always the imposter syndrome, but at some point, I, I kind of gained confidence, thinking like, "Yeah, I there's a there's people that are way better than me at this, but I think I'm here now. I think I know what I'm doing." you know, and, and that, that was, to, I'm sure for a lot of people that that's the, the trigger, right. At some point you go like, you know what, I, I kind of know what I'm doing now.
0: <laughs> I love that you mentioned that imposter syndrome. Cause I, I think all too often um, those struggling with getting a role, um, not getting the callbacks that imposter syndrome kicks in. Like, am I really good enough? Is, is this the right industry for me? And, I would say, from my own experience, definitely continue to pursue, pursue through it, but figure out like what is it that parts the Red sea for you, um like which goal really lights you up because once you find that role that lights you up, you become passionate and confident, and that shines through like nothing else in an interview. Um, a candidate that walks in and you're like, I am I own myself and like, you want to hire me? Great. You don't want to hire me? Cool. I'll go talk to someone else. Like that confidence is really great. Um, so it, you, you mentioned that you got your OSCP. Um, many have said that's like one of the top challenges for pen testers in the industry. What was your OSCP path? Like,
1: um, three months of hard work, three months of studying. Um, but, um, it is see. It's funny you say that because I talk to a lot of people in the industry that once they're in the industry and they they do this this work for a long time. They go like, no, it's an entry entry level cert. Um, so, you know, you, you get somebody saying like that's the hardest thing I've ever done. And then you have people saying, no, oh, no, that's entry level. That's the minimum you should know if you want to be a pen tester. Uh, I think both can be true because. Pen testing and and red teaming and and doing this type of work is is something that is it can be very complicated, right? Um, so, what is an entry level cert in a company in a in a field that is really complicated is going to be a hard cert to get, right? Um, you know, right, I, I have friends that have their OSWE, I have friends that are, have their OSCE, and I consider those like way above and 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 way harder to to, to get. But is it harder than a network plus? Absolutely, you know. I think it has a reputation, and it's well earned. It's hard to to get, but at some point, um, if you want to work for a company that does very, very high level uh, pen testing work, then I want to agree that it is also an entry level. It, it's the basic of what you should know. Um, I was I was lucky, you know. I, I somebody took a chance on me, and there's no way I, I had the skills to pass the OSCP when I first started doing pen testing.
0: Yeah, and and that's why like I, I like to to tell those looking to break in, looking to to uh, go down the pen testing route that like that's not an entry level. So like you have to have a fair amount of skills to get there. Um, One of the a couple of the cool things that you mentioned um, and you just kind of flew by uh, that you did pen tests for like police cars. Like what sort of interesting pen tests have you done throughout your career? If you can if you can share. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to name clients,
1: right? But um, yeah, I think the taser was a lot of fun because anytime a taser fires, it sends logs out to a server somewhere. So, um, you know, walking in, doing the doing the the, the background checks and everything else that actually have it, and the whole email chain was okay. Well, uh, your handler, because I needed to have a handler, is going to be there on Monday. Can you make it? I couldn't make it on Monday. Finally, Tuesday. Finally, I walk in. The handler basically said, "There's a taser. There's a boardroom. Do what you want." left the room and left me alone with the taser so i'm looking at this thing going like is this live are we going to shoot myself um there's another great story I, I worked with um uh and it wasn't me but there's there's also a, a you know social engineering is pretty big in pen testing also and and i worked with uh with an individual and i hope he's listening because such a great guy uh he um he got the i gave him the job basically to try to break into a building um while people were there during the work day to just see what if he could get to the network cabinets and plug something in or whatever it was so he got prepared he prepared a work order everything billy said he was a he, he pretended to be an electrician to show up and uh as soon as he gets into the door the electricity goes out it was a planned outage he didn't know he didn't know as soon as he got in the door i swear to god it was like on the second like the 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 right minute as he walks in the electricity he had the run of the place he had his ladder with him he was up in the ceiling they gave him the wi-fi code they gave him a place to sit down (laughs) that's one of my favorite stories i mean coincidence nice
0: (laughs) nice nice um wow that that, that's that's a great story to hear and it looks like you you have a, a commenter on youtube missy pie tv uh that they have six years of physical pen testing experience uh good times um yeah that's definitely a great story um well we're getting to the, the, the the bottom of the hour and i like to finish off all my sessions with if you had to summarize your your time here into one piece of sage advice for someone looking to follow in your footsteps what would that be
1: Sure. Uh, network. Uh, all the opportunities that I've had in the past was not burning bridges with people that I've had issues with in the past for jobs or whatever else and networking, meeting people. Uh, and and when I say networking, I don't mean add 500 or 1000 people to your LinkedIn list. I mean, talk to people. If it doesn't click, it doesn't click, let it go. Find somebody that it clicks with, somebody that has a, you You build a real connection with um, and and it grows from there. Uh, I, I've had all the opportunities that I've had was people taking chances on me because I reached out and we chatted and we sat down with coffee.
0: Perfect. Well, I love that because I'm also a big promoter of that. Um, go out, meet people, share experiences. We need that diverse um, set of thought, background, experience so that we can solve those complex problems of today and tomorrow. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us. Um, If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and the notification button. If you're following us on podcasts, um, subscribe and share with friends. We want lots of people listening. And then if you're on LinkedIn, connect with Julian and I. If you have questions, happy to answer. And thank you all very much for joining us today. Thank you, Chris.